Welcome to It's Just My Thoughts, the podcast. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me another week for It's Just My Thoughts. I'm your host, Mika Reese, and I'm actually really excited for this episode today. So let's just jump in. My black excellence this week goes to, um, I have two actually, to Simone Biles and Coco Goff. Um, I talk about them all the time on here. I'm a super fan. But this week we saw Simone Biles uh, break the record for the most medals by gymnasts at the World Championships. She is now at 25 world medals, and 19 of those are gold. Um, We pretty much are seeing the greatest gymnast of all time. Um, I think it's phenomenal. And uh, like I said, I'm a super fan, so I want to definitely salute her. Coco Goff, um, she at 15 won her first WTA title, um, tour title. So I'm really excited to see Coco play. I love watching her play. I'm excited to see her finally get... um, to her title. Um, I think this be the first of many that's going to propel her in her career. She's really excited about it too. Um, so yeah, so I thought those were really, um, outstanding, some black magic there. Um, so let's move on to some pop culture news. So I spoke about this a few months ago. Um, but this plat, this past Tuesday, Blackish had the girlfriends mashup, um, episode. The episode was on, um, feminism. Um, I actually really enjoyed it. Um, I enjoy seeing the girls back together. Um, so I'm a, I was a big girlfriends fan. I was telling my friend that, um, I think I know BET picked it back up and it's like in syndication on BET, but like, I would love to go back to the, I would love for like Netflix or somebody to pick it up. I would love to go back to the beginning and sit and watch all, um, all the episodes that came on when I was a little bit younger. So, um, I would love to go back through that again, but, um, also something to check out Charlemagne the God who he announced um his new YouTube channel um where he's going to be doing more interviews and like so all the interviews he does individually he's going to actually put on there as well and so he had an interview where he interviewed the entire cast um of the girlfriends on the set of um Blackish and basically they spoke about the impact of girlfriends in the black community and how you know, people still, you know, um, hit them up and contact them in regards to girlfriends. Um, and they said a lot of stuff that I didn't think about. And one of the things that that stuck out to me was that, um, was how girlfriends is really before his time with some of the themes that they talked about, which is really true. Cause I mean, I know they talked about abortion on a show, um, that has some, uh, same sex, um, stuff on there. Uh, it had a lot of different issues on there that at that time really wasn't really spoke about, definitely not in the black community. Um, so yeah, so it was a really good interview. You should definitely check that out. Um, I would love to see a movie or some kind of mini series, um, that, that will properly like finish out the series. So I, I think that would be really cool. But yeah, I was really excited about the episode of blackish and I thought it was really good. It was really well done. Um, also another show that I think I spoke about it last week, that I'm really excited about was, um, the untold stories of hip hop. So this past week, um, it was, um, Andrew Martinez interviewed Queen Latifah, Fat Joe, Noriega, and Ja Rule. And what I loved about this episode was the rawness that was present in the episode. And Queen Latifah and Fat Joe both talked about loss. So Queen Latifah, she lost her brother and she spoke of how, um, you know, when that happened, how she drank and she did drugs and how she just didn't care about anything. She didn't care about music. She didn't care about anything that she had going on and how she really fell into a deep depression. So Fat Joe, during his interview, 
he talked about the loss of Big Pun and he had uh, during that time three consecutive deaths like I think like three three weeks in a row like so every week somebody passed away and so um he spoke about his depression as well and how on the outside he seemed fine and he was working and doing shows but in private he was drinking and doing drugs I really love how um more artists are coming forward to speak on their mental health. Um, I can recall um, when my dad died, um, I cried the morning my sister called me. Um, and after that, I have no idea, like I had no idea really how to process the emotion. And I really don't know, um, it wasn't until years later where I think that I really processed the emotion because it wasn't just grieving that I had to process. I was also upset and um, I was upset at him. Um, and, uh, then I had to get past the fact that I felt that I was upset at him because I felt that, you know, he died due to the fact that he was an alcoholic. Um, and I had resentment towards him because he left us and my dad died when we were still in our twenties. And, um, you know, I, I will never get the opportunity for, you know, my kids to, to meet my dad or, you know, my niece and nephews to, you know, have a grandfather. And so I was really upset by that. And I had to process that. Um, and then I had to process uh, just what exactly all of this meant and what exactly that meant for the impact on my life. Um, so I got five days off of work. And in hindsight, I definitely needed way more time, but I jumped back into work and I kept going like everything was normal and like um, and like I was normal, but in, you know, in, in actuality, I wasn't. Um, and but when you've never experienced depression, you don't really know that's what you're experiencing. Um, I was in a relationship at the time and I would come home from work and I would go out like on um, our patio and I would drink about two bottles of wine a night. And at the time I was I was still smoking cigarettes. And so I was I would smoke about, you know, damn near up the entire pack. I would do this uh, every night until wee hours um, in the morning, then get up in the morning and do, you know, my day all over again. And, um, and if you knew me, um, you know, I had coworkers, they saw me every single day and no one, um, I don't think anyone suspected anything was wrong with me. Cause I would go to work, uh, just the same, you know, go through all of my motions and this behavior lasted for months. And on the outside, you know, um, like I say that, you know, I seem, I seem normal, you know, but on the inside, I think I was, um, I don't know. It was like, I was, I was almost like dead inside. Like I didn't really feel, um, I didn't really, you know, I really didn't even realize I was in, a, I was in a funk. Um, I think that's what, so what kind of started pulling me, you know, kind of out of this, um, depression or funk in a, in a sense was that, um, I started experiencing migraines. And so when I had the migraines, I went to the doctor and they told me that my blood pressure, my blood pressure was really, really high. Like the day I went in there, it was, it was like sky high. And they, they were saying basically, um, well, one, that I need to lose weight. And two, um, cause I gained weight through all this too. Like, so in a matter of like a few months, I gained like, I think like 20 pounds or something, 20, 25 pounds. Um, and so I needed to lose weight. Um, and also, uh, um, that they, that day they wanted to put me on, um, uh, blood pressure medicine, high blood pressure medicine. And so basically, um, if I didn't get it down when I came, when I came back or didn't get my blood pressure down, they were going to put me on 
high blood pressure medicine. And, and when you get on that, you're actually on that, um, you know, for the rest of your life. So, um, at mind you at the time, you know, I was 27. So, um, I definitely didn't want to be on medication for the rest of my life. So I had to start thinking. So that made me start thinking about all the negative shit that I was doing to myself. Um, I also, uh, lost my relationship at this time. Um, maybe a few months after, but it was pretty much probably done at this time as well. Um, and I don't think of it as a loss now. Um, I'm truly actually thankful, you know, that I'm not in that relationship anymore, but, um, but what I've reflected on, you know, when I think about this time is the person that I dated. Um, um, we lived together, you know, and, and I think what I think about most is that, um, not necessarily about the person, but the fact that I was literally self-destructing and, you know, never one time was, did they ever ask me, um, you know, was I okay? Or even acknowledge the behavior. And, and I'm sure, you know, um, I'm sure, you know, it was probably hard for them to, to see, I, I don't really know, but, um, I just couldn't imagine, you know, being with someone and, you know, who you say you love and everything and see them struggling without offering some kind of something, you know, like asking, are you okay? Or, you know, trying to get some kind of help in some kind of way, because I definitely was doing some, had very dangerous, toxic, um, self-destructing behavior. Um, and I didn't really realize that I was doing that. So, um, that was by far one of the darkest times of my life. And I had, um, you know, I had to take, uh, steps to get back to normal. Um, I changed my job at this time. I quit smoking. Um, I lost weight. So, um, I got like my blood pressure and everything back down to normal. Um, I lost a uh, total over time. I think like 50 pounds around that time. Um, I started running, um, I freed myself of the relationship that I just spoke of and any ties. Um, and also cut back a lot of people in my life that were toxic. And, uh, this was the start of my journey of working on myself and realizing I have some parts that's fucked up. And that's when, um, you know, this journey that I'm always talking about, it pretty much started, um, all, you know, um, at this time. So when I watched so when I watched these interviews and people share their personal journeys, like I understand it. But it also um, can help other people that may not know the name of what they're experiencing. And even seeing someone like a rapper talk about their mental health, I think it can kind of help people be less embarrassed and also um, not afraid to speak of if there's ever a moment that they feel um, off a little bit. But yeah, I tell I tell people all the time, you know, um, if you feel anything, you feel off, you feel anything, you know, um, definitely just talk about it. And if you have a safe space, talk about it. You know, I even told my kid, my kid's 16. And, um, now, you know, when he comes home from school, you know, if it's times that he don't want to jump straight into his homework, you know, I pretty much have told him like, you know, I definitely think he, he writes poetry. So I think that helps him get out some of the things they feel, but also I told him it's nothing wrong with coming home before you jump into your homework, you know, journal, you know, for five, 10 minutes, just sit and, t- and decompress and just write about your day you know, um, cause I think doing exercises like that can also just help you with just getting out some of the just junk that you have in your mind or kind of like making you think about some of the things that you might, um, have gone through that day. And then, you know, and what I try to get them to see sometimes is that maybe some shit really just don't be that serious, you know, but sometimes writing that shit down and actually going back and reading it later and being like, yo, this day I was tripping, you know, that's what I like about journaling. So, 
Um, it's nothing wrong with having those conversations. So I think when you see these interviews and more people are opening up about their mental health, I definitely think that um, it's important. And I think it's, it's making a difference because more and more, I promise you, every time I turn on TV, and I do watch a lot of interviews and things like that, but every time I turn on TV, there's somebody else talking about um, their experiences and what they've had to do to try to kind of get past um, some of the things in their mind. So um, I think that's pretty cool, though. Um, also in some news, which was really wild for me, um, when I saw this, uh, alumnus, alumnus at Penn State felt it was appropriate to write a letter to a student athlete, um, on the Penn State football team. I have this pulled up somewhere, so I'm going to actually read this letter. Just give me one moment here. Okay. So, uh, alumnus wrote this to one of the football players on the team, which is brazy to me. Um, dear Jonathan, my wife and I are proud older graduates of Penn State. We follow all Penn State sports, football, wrestling, volleyball, gymnastics, basketball. We love it all. I played all the sports in my younger days, still play full court basketball into my 50s. Love the competition, but never had the size or the talent to reach your level, though the desire was there. Though the athletes of today are certainly superior to those in my days, we miss the clean cut young men and women from those days. Watching the Idaho game on TV, we couldn't help but notice your well, your well, like dot, 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 well, dot, 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 awful hair. Surely there, there must be mirrors in the locker room, exclamation mark. Don't you, don't you have parents or a girlfriend who've told you those shorter length dreadlocks look disgusting and are certainly not attractive? We congratulate you on your game against Pitt. But you need to remember you represent all Penn Staters, both current and those alumni from years past. We will welcome the reappearance of dress codes for athletes. You will certainly be playing on Sunday in the future, but we have stopped watching the NFL due to the disgusting tattoos, awful hair, and immature antics in the end zone. Players should act as though they've been there before. They put in been there before is in quotes. For the glory, Dave Peterson. Okay, so first of all, uh, this went viral kinda. And he did respond to this, uh, the guy that wrote this and he still doesn't think that this is racist, even though, um, it is absolutely crazy. Um, and he still feels the way that he feels, but you know, I feel like that, you know, when I saw this, um, I feel like people have a right to their opinions and they have a right to feel the way they feel. But I think it comes a point where it's like, when is enough enough? And, Mind you, I went to go look at this young man's um, hair just to see what exactly was the issue. Um, and there was nothing disgusting about it. He literally just had locks that came down. And um, me personally, I personally wear my hair locked and I've been natural for about 14 years. And it's so much more than um, a hairstyle. So why this man felt it was appropriate to write this to the student um, is beyond me, but also just the fact that even if you have an opinion about somebody else, like, I don't really think that you always have to give your opinion. Um, I just think it's just ridiculous and for it to be 2019 and we, you know, we're still here in so many areas. Um, it can be discouraging at times, but I just thought this was just absolutely crazy. Like, I'm, I don't know. I've never been a person to really sit and go out of my way to want to either judge somebody or want to, you know, be upset enough to care about, uh, whatever somebody else is doing to contact them about whatever, whatever it is, something is, especially something as simple as them having, having tattoos, which is nothing wrong with that. And them wearing their hair in a locked, um, hairstyle. So 
Um, that was just crazy when I saw that. So I also talked about this a few weeks ago, and now I can kind of fully formalize my thoughts on Kanye. So one of my favorite podcasts is Demetria Lucas, um, Ratchet and Respectable. So this week she had a guest on that explained my thoughts exactly about Kanye. Um, I definitely, uh, think you should listen to that episode because it was really, really good. And, um, you know, to be honest with you, I, you know, I don't listen to the Sunday services when they pop up on my timeline. I, you know, um, I've been trying to figure out, was that something that I was going to even going to be interested in or his new um, gospel CD whenever it comes out. But, you know, I think, I just feel like for me, like I just can't get with it. Um, I used to be a huge Kanye fan, um, super huge Kanye fan. And I do believe he's a musical genius, but the stuff that comes out of his mouth is so, um, you know, just, um, problematic for me. So yesterday he showed up at, uh, Howard university homecoming. Um, and you know, there he is, you know, giving his Sunday service. And then, you know, he starts talking about the 13th amendment again and, um, and slavery. And it's just, you know, one, I see if it was him speaking on something from a knowledgeable standpoint, or I'm not even sure what, I'm not even sure, honestly, um, I don't even get what's his point. Like, I mean, more and more I say and listen to this, like, you know, last week when he was doing all of this, um, a lot of the stuff that he even was saying was actually not, um, it wasn't even factual. Like it wasn't even fully correct. Um, and so it, it just bothers me. And, and I think it's really problematic, especially if his kids out here listening to the shit that he's saying. And then on top of two, like me personally, and this could be just the old school in me and like how I was raised, but, um, I do believe in like spirits and stuff like that. Like I, yeah. And so I'm, I'm always like, um, I think about stuff like that when it comes to, um, gospel and stuff like that. And so even for me, like, I'm really funny on like the church I go to and even down to like somebody saying they want to like pray over me and all that. Um, and I don't mix, I don't like mix and mess when it comes to, um, the spirit world and all that stuff. Um, and so for me, you know, I don't, I don't know if, um, I don't know what Kanye owns. So the fact that I don't really know, and the fact that he, he, the stuff that he says, it really bothers me. Um, I don't want to play around when it comes to, um, God. And so yeah, that's why I don't really listen to any of the stuff that he does. And even more of the stuff he's saying, I mean, I really, you know, Kanye was, was sad is that he actually does have a team around him. Everybody keeps saying he needs somebody to talk to him. I'm sure people are talking to him, but I don't know if, um, I watched his interview and I know, uh, he was saying that like, you know, he doesn't always take his medication and, you know, we know he's bipolar and all that. And so I don't know if he's off his medicine or whatever it is that he has going on. Um, but the shit that comes out of his mouth is really problematic. It's super ignorant. And, um, yeah, I was just shocked that he was at Howard University um, homecoming yesterday doing Sunday service. I'm not personally with it. I don't knock you if you if you um, like to get down with it. But, you know, I don't I don't personally want to hear a gospel song over a genuine beat. Me personally, I don't. Um, and I definitely don't want after he just gave you a gospel song for him to sit and start talking about the 13th Amendment. You know, that doesn't it doesn't even make any sense. Um, the antics that he's doing, it just doesn't even make sense. And you're doing that on a historically black, um, college university, um, you know, campus. Um, it just doesn't make sense to me, but I don't know, but that's just my thoughts on that. 
So um, this week for my thought of the week, um, I actually wanted to talk about um, self-doubt. For me, I spoke, I actually went to therapy this week. So I talked a little bit this week and, and when I try to explain um, self-doubt to people, I think uh, like, as far as like my personal struggles, I don't always think people understand like what sometimes I'm experiencing because they always tell me, oh, well, Mika, you know, you're, you're doing such a, um, you know, you're doing such a good job, um, you know, with yourself and you're, you know, you're doing all these amazing things, but, um, which, you know, I believe too, but sometimes, um, you know, I experience self-doubt, you know, or I feel like I'm not doing enough, or I feel like I could be doing more, or I feel like that, um, you know, there's something that I'm lacking. Um, and so, when there's moments like that, you know, I try to do affirmations. Um, I try to sometimes tell myself, you know, talk myself out of the things that I'm feeling. And so, um, that's something that I have to work on all the time. I think if, if it was something that I feel like I struggle with, um, I struggle with self-doubt all the time. Um, and I guess it's hard for people to really believe that because I guess it doesn't seem like I do, but I do. Um, so today I was going through, looking at, um, some stuff online, just in regards to, um, self-doubt. And I'm going to actually put this link to in the bio. Um, but I found this, um, I found this, uh, um, this article about, um, self-doubt. And so, um, I'm going to go over that, um, for the thought of the week. And also, I want to also give a, um, a definition of what, um, self-doubt is. So self-doubt is lack of confidence in oneself and one's abilities. And I found um, 13 powerful ways to overcome self-doubt so you can finally move forward in life. And it's from the Positivity blog. So just to go over this. And the first thing it says is say stop. First, when your inner doubts bubble up, be quick. Don't let them spin out of control. So basically it's just saying that, you know, when you feel that you're having a little self-doubt, instead of like talking back to the doubtful part of yourself, you need to start saying stop and just um, talk yourself out of that to kind of like disrupt the pattern and stop the um, self-doubt from taking over. Um, I find myself doing that a lot. Um, It says, number two, look to the past and wash yourself in the memories. Um, Basically what this is stating that, it's good sometimes to look back on your past and see how well things worked out. So that way, um, if you ever have self-doubt, you could, you have something that you can think back on and say, um, you know, well, I was able to do this and I achieved this, you know, this many times. So it will help you, you know, whenever you feel doubt of yourself, you can actually look back on your past and see where you did accomplish these things. Um, number three is talk to someone about it. And, um, with this one is saying that basically when you keep your thoughts on the inside, they can become distorted, exaggerated, and not very much in line with reality or reasonable expectations. Uh, I think that's very true. Um, this is one of the reasons why I always tell people to, um, talk to someone. Um, you know, I speak about myself, especially in my own personal, um, therapy. I talk about myself all the time and, um, you know, I talk about things that bother me. Uh, and so also 
I do try to talk to sometimes two people about things that bother me, but I think sometimes what make therapy for me a safer place for me to really talk is because when you have, when you talk to like your family and stuff like that, you have, you know, you have biased opinions. And so everybody's always going to think like they, cause they love you, you know, that you're doing everything right. And it's not that you're doing anything wrong, but sometimes like it's hard for people to kind of hear maybe what is the shit that you're really struggling with. Just like, you know, when I tell people like, you know, um, that I have, uh, that I have, you know, self-doubt or whatever, um, you know, they don't always understand where I'm coming from. Number four is, uh, don't get stuck in the comparison trap. Um, it basically says if you compare yourself to other people all too often to their successes and especially to their highlight reels that they share on social media, then self-doubt can quickly creep up. A better way to go about things is to compare yourself to yourself, to see how far you have come, to see what you've overcome, and to see how you've how you how you've kept going, succeeded, and grown as a human being. I really love this one um, because so many people get caught up on what they see on social media, and half of the shit that you see on social media is really probably not even true. I'm telling you, I know people to this day right now. I know people that fight each other like fucking cats and dogs and shit and then you go on social media and you would think they have the most um the most like perfect relationship you know and um and they don't (laughs) you know because people you can create any kind of life you want on social media you know and um so you can't always you know believe the hype I personally never really post anything on social media um as far as like myself except for you know my dog's what I'm reading, stuff like that. But as far as like my personal life and all that, I really don't put all my stuff on social media because I, I don't think so many people should be all in your shit. Me personally, there's nothing to do with self-doubt, but just been telling you, like, I don't put my whole life on social media, which I don't think you should. I think you should have a balance of what you put on there, but you have some people that don't. And you have some people that, you know, want to put on for the Joneses and it's not always reality. So if you compared yourself to what people are doing on social media, you might be comparing yourself to shit that's not even real. So I loved it. I love the way they said that basically compare yourself to yourself. When I was younger, I used to kind of compare myself to my counterparts, like, or my friends, like, you know, this person is doing this or this person, you know, has already achieved this, this, and this, and I haven't. And so I used to feel like I had to keep pushing myself to kind of be on, I guess, quote unquote, the same level, even though like not realizing like I was doing just fine with what I was doing, you know? And so, um, I had to really sink into that and I really start, um, having more, you know, self-love for myself where I'm not always beating myself down, but also uplifting myself as well. So that's something that I had to learn over time and I'm 35 and I'm still fucking working through that shit. Like as far as like, you know, um, uplifting myself more often. All right. So step five was start keeping a journal. Keep uh, some of the steps was it was uh, keep a realistic record of life um, as it helps you remember the positive things, the successes you had and how you have overcome obstacles if you are prone to remembering things with a negative slant. And it also helps you um, gain clarity more easily. It is often easier to alleviate fears and doubts and to gain clarity if you have an issue laid out on paper or in a computer document rather than if you try to go through all in your mind. So it's basically saying, you know, make lists of pros and cons, going through your thoughts and emotions of similar events from the past and writing down different perspectives on the issue. Um, And what I always tell people, too, what I love about journaling is that I like to always go back and read like how I felt. Sometimes I go back 
And I like even in my relationship, like I've gone back and I've read shit that I've written like three years ago or how I felt like four years ago, you know, in comparison to how I feel now. And um, sometimes that helps with putting stuff in perspective and not always looking at stuff in such a negative way. So um, I always tell everybody I think they should keep a journal of some form of some form. Number six was remember, people don't care that much about what you do or say. When you worry about what others may think or say, if you do something, then the self then the self doubt can quickly become stronger, and you, and when you get stuck in action and in fear, when that happens, remind yourself that the truth is that people don't really care that much about what you do or not do. They have their handfuls with thinking about themselves, their kids, and past jobs, and upcoming sports matches, and with and with worrying about what people may think of them. So. Um, I thought this one was good because, um, I think it's important to, I don't think you should care that much about what people think in general. I, um, and that's actually how I've always been. So, uh, well, that's not true. Um, as I've gotten older in my, in my maybe mid twenties is when I kind of stopped kind of giving a fuck about what people thought about me. Um, and it actually made my life a lot easier, um, and a lot more, um, peaceful, because you do have self-doubt, you know, you, and when you're when you're stuck thinking about constantly what someone is thinking about you or not thinking about you. Um, so, yeah, so I think that's actually a good point, too. Um, number seven, what someone said or did might not be about you or about what you think it is. Um, when someone criticizes you, then it's easy to start doubting yourself. Um, also, when someone rejects you and don't get a second date after the first one, that you think went pretty well. It's not so strange to get down on yourself. Um, so basically it's saying you don't know everything that's going on in another person's life and the world doesn't revolve around you. So be careful so you don't misinterpret and build blame and doubt within within without any reason. Um, so that's a pretty good point too. Um, and also sometimes, um, sometimes there's nothing wrong with getting a little criticism. Um, constructive criticism, I think is good for everyone. Cause it's always something that we could work on in some form, um, for whatever it is. So, um, I think that's a good point as well. Number eight is get a boost of optimism and it states, let someone's else enthusiasm, motivation, and constructive optimism flow over to you. Um, and they're basically just saying that like, sometimes, you know, you can find inspiration by listening to somebody's, um, you know, podcast, audiobook. um, and um, just do like twenty minutes, um, twenty minute sessions that um, that can help you just you know go into like shift your self doubts into um, optimism or thinking constructively about a challenge or maybe something that you might be interested in doing or maybe hobbies or anything. But just more so, um, try to do something positive to uplift yourself. So that was good too. I actually listen to podcasts all the time. Um, and I just started kind of trying to get into audiobooks. I'm kind of old school with this, so. I actually like to sit down with a book, but I read all the time, but, um, I, it's a few audiobooks that I have that I've been kind of trying to get more into, um, into the audiobooks while I'm working. So, um, those are pretty cool too. If you never, um, if you never, uh, really sat listening to one, sometimes with the memoirs, the, um, the, the author usually reads their books. And then even with like regular books, um, sometimes they have like celebrities to read them or like the, the, um, the reader is actually, uh, is actually really, really good. Um, I read a book and 
the person that narrated the book or read the book or whatever was phenomenal. It made the book so much better. It was actually really good. I finished like, a, I think it was like nine hours long and I finished in like in a day and a half. Um, so it was, it was really good. So step number nine is see a setback as temporary. When you have a setback, then you may start to see things through a negative and dark lens. You might see this current setback as something that will simply be your new normal. Um, so instead, remember, you are not a failure just because you failed. And two, ask yourself, what is one thing I can learn from this setback? Um, and so I think this is this was a good point, too, because I think when unexpected things happen, um, it's easy to automatically think negative or go into um, a dark place. Um, that's actually an area that um, I've learned to try to work on in general. Um, I don't even really like being around negative people, you know what I'm saying? So um, I think that helps too when you kind of like, when, you ha- when you're more surrounded with like positivity, it helps you just automatically start thinking more positive just in general. Um, and so uh, I think that helps. Um, when you, when you think about it from that standpoint. So I thought this was a really good point. Um, number 10 is, um, sharpen your skills. If you, for instance, often get self-doubt before a presentation in school or at work, then sharpen your presentation skills, read a few books about it and practice at home in front of a mirror or in front of a friend or join Toastmasters to get the experience or knowledge you need. Then you'll feel more confident, competent, and relaxed in such situations. I thought this was a really good point too. Uh, I don't have, I mean, sometimes like when I first, when I first started doing my podcast, I'm on episode 17 now that I'm giving you today. And, um, I think the first episode, uh, when I go back and even listen to that, I'm like, man, you know, that was a little rough, you know, because to be completely honest, um, when I decided to, you know, start a podcast, like I went, I went through over this through my mind for months before I even had the courage to be like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do that. And to even um, talk about some of the stuff I talk about because they're really personal and it's very transparent. And what's funny is I'm probably the most transparent on my podcast and, you know, in real life because I really don't really talk much about myself. Like more and more now I'm becoming more where I can trans, like I'm more transparent where I'm telling you like my experiences. But in the past, that was very foreign for me to do that. Um, And so when I sit and listen to myself, uh, I always tear apart and nitpick things um, that I need to work on or things that I could do better uh, to try to deliver a better um, episode to you every week. And so, um, it, you know, I think sharpening your skills is something that we all we all could do, because the more you do something, um, the more you're going to get better at it over time. And that's kind of like, you know, what I think about in regards to my episodes. So that you, you got to use it from that. Think about it from that standpoint. Number 11 is um, don't beat yourself up about it. A common way to handle self-doubt is to get angry at yourself and in your lack of motion to try to beat yourself up as a way to get yourself to move forward. Um, And honestly, you know, in my experience, um, that really doesn't help. That really doesn't help at all. Um, I don't think it's healthy to beat yourself up because usually when you beat yourself up is not going to help. You're probably going to stay in a negative place. Uh, I, that's probably the, one of the main things with my self doubt is that, you know, I probably beat myself up too much and, um, I get in my head where I'm, I'm feeling like, you know, I'm not doing enough or I could be doing more. And so 
I try to not do that as much. And I try to just say, um, that's when I really, when I find myself doing it, I really try to go into affirmations or try to really talk it out. Um, as far as like what it is that I'm feeling or what it is that, um, I'm doubting about myself. Um, and I, I mean, I honestly, and I think sometimes just having self doubt, you know, just to kind of throw it out there, it's a little normal, but at times I think we all have experienced it, but, um, it's not good if you're experiencing it all the time, you know, because you should have more, you know, positive thoughts about yourself as well. Um, Number 12 is celebrate that small step and win. When you've taken one small step forward, for example, um, when I talked about, you know, me starting my podcast, uh, this weekend I went for, I ran in a race. Um, I run like every month, but I ran in a race. And so I was trying to kill, um, like my old times and she's on this race that I did last year. And so, um, even if it's like, you know, and I didn't do the time that I necessarily wanted this weekend. Um, I actually was still like, a, um, I think a second, a minute off, but it still was a small step for me because it was a really hard course. And I had to tell myself, like, even though I didn't necessarily get the time that I wanted, I still did really well because the, the you know, we ran through a park and the park is really healing. It's really hard. And so I still celebrated that win. I might not have gotten the personal record that I wanted, but I still ran really well. And I know that I did. Um, so it's nothing wrong with celebrating, you know, small steps and wins, even if it might not necessarily be fully how you might've wanted it to be, but you still need to celebrate your stuff either way. It's nothing wrong with that. Um, remember, you know, so step 13, sorry. Remember you can course correct along the way, trying to plan every move you will make on a journey towards a goal or dream can become draining and lead to quite a bit of self-doubt. And it usually doesn't work that well anyway since the best laid plans often start to fall apart a bit or need some change when they are confronted with reality so do a bit of rough planning and then start your journey and remember that you can always course correct along the way towards what you want empowered by the new knowledge experience and feedback that you will get as long as you keep going the path and so i thought this was really really good um this whole article i'm going to also um, put this in the uh description in case you want to go and um take a look at it but um i think for me um self-doubt is something that is a constant work for me it's actually um one of the things that i talk about the most um as far as things that I need to um, do and just, and I think it's hard sometimes when you want to overcome fears or do things that you probably never would do. Um, and so, uh, for me, I know that, um, within my journey, uh, I do, I've been doing a lot of things that I probably would have never done. Um, and even like I stated before earlier, you know, just me talking and being transparent about some of the things that I struggle with and some of in my journey with therapy and my journey, um, with, uh, you know, better in my mental health. Um, it's not always easy and it's a lot of, um, it's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of difficult times that, um, you know, I've been through, but I'm very thankful that, you know, I've had the strength and the awareness to kind of start being like, okay, you know, um, I have some things that I need to work on. And so, um, what I want you to take away from the thought of the week this week is that, um, just remember that, you know, you're doing enough and you are enough. And, um, always remember to celebrate yourself. And also, um, just speaking on some of the stuff I spoke about earlier in a relationship, you know, if you're in a relationship that's not uplifting to you and that person, 
um, doesn't uplift you and doesn't say anything positive and, or, and, or, you know, allows you to, um, be self-destructive to yourself. You know, that's probably not somebody that's probably in your corner or they probably don't really want to be with you. So, um, you know, definitely don't, uh, force a relationship or be around people that's not bringing betterment to your life, whether it's a, you know, a love relationship, family relationship or a friend or friendships. Okay. But, um, that's it for today. Uh, I'm glad that I got to spend a little extra time with you today as well. Uh, don't forget that you can find me on, um, my social medias. My Twitter is at IJMT, um, podcast and my, um, my Instagram, uh, which gives you, um, the episode updates, um, and reminders is, um, it's just my thoughts underscore podcast. And you can also, um, find me streaming on SoundCloud, Apple podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Um, and that's, it's just my thoughts, the podcast. And I thank you so much for listening today and it's Mika here and I appreciate you.